Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. Y'all, I'm so happy to be here with you today. This show, this show, we've got a great show in store. Before we dive into today's conversation, a word from one of our amazing sponsors, BetterHelp. At work, problem solving comes pretty naturally to me. The puzzles we get to put together every day at work are energizing and fun for me most days. I bet you're like that too, where one area of problem solving comes a little more easily, but Sometimes problem-solving skills don't tag along to some of the other challenges I'm facing in maybe my personal life. It's why I'm so grateful for the support of my therapist over the years. A therapist can help you stay solutions-oriented when life starts to feel out of control. And BetterHelp is a great option if you're looking to connect with a therapist. See, whether the challenges you're facing are stress-related or relational in nature, maybe you're dealing with anxiety or things from your past are holding you back, a therapist can help you walk through this process of healing. BetterHelp will match you with a licensed professional counselor after you fill out a brief survey. Oh, y'all, we love a quiz. They want you to have a great match, so they make it easy to switch therapists if you need to. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash that sounds fun today to get 10% off your first month. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash that sounds fun. And always be sure to check out our show notes for the links to our sponsors, the transcript of the show, and so you can sign up for the AFD Week in Review email that we send out every Friday. It's very fun. You don't want to miss it. Today on the show, I get to talk with my new friend, Sint Marshall. I can't even believe I get to call her a friend, you guys. I respect her times one billion. Listen, Sint is the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks and AT&T's former SVP of Human Resources and Chief Diversity Officer. She's a trailblazer in business and in sports, two things that I love, and one of the most positive, joyful people you'll ever meet. I mean, I adore her, you guys. I adore her. Her new book, You've Been Chosen, Thriving Through the Unexpected, tells her story of resilience and faith. It is unbelievable. She's unbelievable. We're going to talk all about it. 
And for my mini BFFs and for any of you friends, uh, we do talk about domestic violence a little bit. And so I just want to give you a heads up about that. It's a beautiful, redemptive story, but there is some things I wanted you to know ahead of time. So here is my conversation with one of my newest heroes who I adore so much that I can't stop saying it, (laughs) Sent Marshall. (laughs) Okay, Sent, welcome to That Sounds Fun. I'm so honored to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It's exciting. Oh, my gracious. Does it feel exciting to have this book out? Is that it, what is that kind of what's going on in your body? Yes, it is. It is. Because for so long, it was my cancer journal. Yeah. And so many people had told me to you know, turn it into a book. People were calling for it all the time. I was just sending it out hard copies. And finally, the Lord just impressed it upon me to to get it out, to, to get it out. And so many people wanted me to just totally focus on my career or whatever. And I said, no, the Lord wants me to get this cancer story plus a few different other stories. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is so interesting to me that this started because you do a beautiful job of weaving your journal of cancer throughout the book. But I mean, you go back to your childhood up till now being the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, you cover the whole thing. How did you decide how much goes in there? Were there, were there these moments in your letters where you went like, oh, I'm going to have to tell people about my parents or I'm going to have to tell people about my kids. Okay, so that was all the publisher mm. and this woman who was helping write it because I really just wanted to talk about cancer. Yeah. And I gave them the cancer journal, put a little flavor around it, and I just said, this is what it's about. Yeah. And after they interviewed me, they said, there is no way that you could have gotten through cancer the way you did without other things having happened in your life. Because, yeah. you know, in that first email to my team, I said, you know, I'm equipped to handle this. Yes. And they said, we need to talk about why you are equipped to handle this. Yes. And, 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 and throughout the, you know, throughout your journal, you talk about being chosen for different things. Yes. You have been chosen and now you got to tell the story. So it was all them. Annie, I did not want to do it. <laughs> and then I didn't, Isn't I didn't want to do it. the way the Lord works. Isn't that what he does? It is. I said, I don't want to tell all that. But then I went back to what my mom said, this is for his glory yeah. and you will tell the story one day. Yeah. And I guess it was not just the cancer story, but his story about goodness and grace in my life. And so I actually liked the way it came out. Yes. Okay, I was kicking and screaming, but I liked it. And I liked the way they set it up. So I guess, you know, as always, the Lord had a plan. Yeah, it just amazes me because I'm thinking about my friends that I know. And I, I, you and I, I didn't get to tell you this part of my story, but my sister lost an infant baby this summer. And so we just did a funeral two weeks ago. And and in your story, there are five, four miscarriages and an infant death. Is that correct? Yes. And, that is and correct. so, so that the is moms correct. who are going to connect with the loss and, and the aunts, I mean, I'm an aunt in the story who was weeping right along with you. And then the cancer yes. survivors and the cancer families. And then also NBA fans who know that you are like <laughs> top of the game in the NBA. I mean, I mean, see, you're everything. It's, it's amazing. The, your adoptive mom. So we're just going to go through a lot of it, if that's okay with you, because one of the, uh, one of the, uh, we'll, we'll start at the end and work backwards. One of our friends wrote in okay. uh, and said, what's the most fun part about being the CEO of the Dallas Mavs? I get to I get to go to forty one parties every year, so that we, you know we we you have every games. home game. Yes, because my team puts on the whole home experience, so we yeah. do that. So I get to go to forty one parties with twenty one with twenty thousand people 
every year. And then, of course, you know, I pick out of the, you know, away games, which ones to go to. Yeah. So I get to party and enjoy the fans and enjoy our guys. It's, it's an experience. Yeah. And so I have a lot of fun in my life. That, that's, that's, that's the best part of it. I was stalking through your Instagram and I was looking through your son Anthony's Instagram as well. And he had you and him riding in the car. And he said, every time you go to the game, you're listening to Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Oh my gosh, that is true. Okay, so that's my theme song. That's your that's hype theme song. song. In life, okay, that's my it's song. Because I mean, you you know the story. So ain't yep. no mountain high enough, yes. okay. And so I just roll up in there, and I got my music going, my vibe going, and I am just appreciating God's goodness and what He's done in my life. And I go in there pumped up yeah. every game. I mean, the music is wild in the cars. It's crazy. Could it's you crazy. have ever imagined being the CEO of an NBA team? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is that wasn't even part of my psyche. I mean, it wasn't even in my dream. At one point, I was wanted to be an engineer. Then I decided I wanted to be a businesswoman and work for a big corporation. Um, you know, and I had my family plans all laid out. Never said one day I want to be the CEO of an NBA team. I love basketball, but never thought I'd be working in basketball. Didn't even know anything about the business side of basketball. But obviously, I was chosen to do it. I got that call from Mark Cuban out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know Mark Cuban. I don't even know him when he called me. I didn't even heard of it. Wow. But I know him now. Yeah. I know him now. Great guy. Great guy. Great guy. I'm together with him now. That's my partner. Yeah, that's right. It, I mean, the title of the book, You've Been Chosen, I think it's so interesting when we we could spend a whole show talking about You've Been Chosen to lead and the way you're leading. A, a, a black woman, first black woman leading an NBA team. But also Crazy. you were chosen as an adoptive mom and you were chosen yes. for the pain you've experienced an abusive household growing up. How do you reconcile you were chosen by God to have the parents you had? Your mother, it seems extraordinary, and your father was abusive and you were yes. chosen to be the Mavs CEO. So how do you reconcile the chosen for the pain and chosen for the joy? Because, it, you know, the Lord has so much for us to go through. I mean, it's just part of, I say it's my story, but it's also his story. Yeah. And so there's good, great, bad, and ugly. It's all in there. And the Lord equips us. What I try to get across in the book is that everything that's happened in my life, I believe, happened as a setup for something mm -hmm. else that was going to happen, whether wow. it was good or bad. And so to be able to get through cancer, probably I had faced so much adversity in my life by that point that it's like, here's another thing. Yes, it was devastating. It was yeah. the, the second most awful thing I've gone through. The death of my daughter was first. Um, but it wasn't the first time I faced adversity. But then also there's a lot of joy in things that have happened in my life. And so the Lord will give you the ups and the downs. And he will just use that as a setup uh, for you to help other people and to uh, be there for other people. Yeah. And so can you imagine how many people I get to talk to and get to touch from a personal experience standpoint, yeah. whether it's good or bad. I mean, women that are getting promoted in corporate America yeah. and uh, the excitement of that, but then what you, what you need to do, you know, once you actually start that job, all the way to somebody who is burying um, an infant child. Yeah. Uh, and I have those experiences and I'm willing to share them. I think sometimes the Lord will choose people who will be out there, who will put themselves out there uh, to, to help people. Yeah. And I, I think I'm one of those. 
I feel like I'm in the middle of some of that versus at the end of looking back and going, you know, even my knee stuff, even having knee surgeries week of going, man, Lord, this is the middle. So will you talk to our friends who are in the middle of the suffering, who know that there's joy around? Like, I mean, I saw Shania Twain in concert this weekend, so I'm holding both. <laughs> uh, talk to us a little bit about the people who are in the middle. that are going, man, my, my infant just died, or my husband is in the hospital like your husband was. I mean, yes. it, or the adoption isn't going through like we thought it would, or I'm not getting the promotion. What what about the people in the middle? How do we hang on to the end? When do we well, know I, I will, if the end is coming? <laughs> I will tell you. Okay. So, so, so I have a saying and, and, and it goes, sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel is a train. Oh, bad, things, bad things do happen to good people. I mean, yes. bad things happen to good people. It's not always goodness that's that, that that light doesn't always represent goodness sometimes yep. it really is a train and what i have learned every time i have been down every time i've been down the lord got me back up and it was a hand that reached down so whether it was my husband reaching down to pull me up off that staircase when i just you know kind of like just fell out after we buried our daughter and was laying there the whole weekend while he was gone i could I not mean, I believe just, that, that you did not get up off the floor for the whole weekend I couldn't get up. I, I, I just couldn't get up. I was on my way up the stairs. We had gone through, what, six months of, you know, just a back and forth with the hospital. And then she passed away. Then we buried her that week. And so it was the first time I was just, I mean, we had just come from the funeral. Yeah. And he wanted to go and see his folks who lived three hours away. And I said, I don't want to do that. I just want to go to bed. And I was going up those stairs, Annie, and I saw the room that was going to be her nursery. And so I caught that out, you know, a glimpse of my eye off to the left side and I just couldn't take it anymore. But it was the Lord. I truly believe it was the Lord just releasing all of that and just saying, give it to me. Mm. You don't have to carry this load by yourself. That's that's what that's what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. That's what the cross was all about. I took this already. And so I just laid out and I gave it to him and when my husband came home and saw me laying there from that Friday e- e- afternoon into that Sunday evening with the same clothes on, he said, have you been laying here the whole time? And I just looked at him. I said, yes. And I've been crying the whole time. And he, he just literally put his hand down, just with, which is what the Lord does all the time. He took his hand and I, yeah, I grabbed his hand. Mm-hmm. I grabbed his hand and he picked me up, took me to the bedroom. I got a good night's sleep. And got up the next day and just started my journey, uh, my healing journey. And there's always, there truly is always light on the other side, even when that train knocks you over. But sometimes you need people to help you get there. And if if there's nobody around, then that's when I, you know, put on some of my gospel music. And I just get in that prayer closet and talk to the Lord because there's always hope. There's always hope. Hope and there's always somebody who's gone through what you have gone through. Yes. For the most part, I have learned that that sometimes you just have to open up, find those support groups, find those people at church. You have to talk to people. Mm-hmm. That's why I think sometimes it's just so good to share stories because you never know. You mm-hmm. never know. I mean, when I was at when I was working, and then I would say something about, yeah, I, I know how it is to have a man hit you. My father broke my nose when I was 15, and then I would show him the scar. They go, sin, no way. Like, yeah. So if you ever want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Yeah. And then they call me and I'd help them through it. Yeah. So I, I just know the Lord, always, he always shows up. And that's what I hope comes across in this book. Yeah. 
that no matter what, God and good people always show up. They've always shown up in my life. And I've been chosen for some great things. I have been chosen for pain. I've been chosen Mm -hmm. for some crazy things. The Lord was in all of it, in all of it. And so you can get through it. You can get through the storm. I loved in the book where you said, um, I don't get to ask why. That's none of my business. <laughs> it's none of my business. <laughs> I, I about had a revival on my couch in that moment where I was like, you know what? She's right. The why behind why I'm chosen for all this right now is actually none of my business. No, it's his business. Yes. It's his business. And I thank the Lord all the time that my mother was a woman of faith. Yeah. And she raised us that way. And so I am a strong woman of faith. And so I learned a long time ago, my mother used to tell us, uh, and this is when I was a teenager, early 20s, she'd say, okay, just honey, give it to the Lord. He has a plan and he knows what to do. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways, right? And I said, yeah, she said, so give it to the Lord. So put it on the altar and leave it there. And then the next thing you know, I'm talking about it or I'm trying to handle something. And she said, I thought you left that on the altar. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, but I'm the Lord's assistant. Okay, like, <laughs> well, I, need, I need to help him. Okay? <laughs> he might need me. Yes, I said I need to help him. He's got a lot to he's got a lot to do, right? He has overlooked some things. (laughs) And she would say, Nope. He knows his business. Hmm. He knows his business. And sometimes he's not gonna share with you everything that's going on, but you have to trust him. And so I learned that at an early age, as painful as it is, as hard as it is, especially a person like me, I like to control my life and have my little to do list and I like to know what's going on and I want to be able to see around the corner. And sometimes he just will not reveal what's around the corner. He needs me to trust him. Yeah. And that's that, that's not easy. That's sometimes hard for me, but I learned to do it. I learned to do it. And he always has a good plan. He knows what to do. It's his business. And now back to finish up my conversation with Scent. Will you talk? I mean, you mentioned your prayer room, your prayer closet. Is that a you, you got a real a real place that's set aside for prayer? Yes, and I actually need to clean it out this weekend because somehow <laughs> somebody threw some blankets in there. Okay, so this is my <laughs> this is my prayer closet. So it's right outside. It's right outside my bedroom. And be, be, before I could have a prayer closet, I just had a space in my house, or when I first got married, a space in my apartment yeah. where I could just go and like this is my consecrated place where it's me and the Lord, and this is where I kind of just uh, release my mind, release my heart, and just talk to God and and, and, and have him, talk, more importantly, uh, talk to me. Yes. And so now I'm blessed to actually have a little closet. It's supposed to be a coat closet. Yeah. And so I'm like, no, no. When we first bought this house, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I know exactly what, that's, what that is. Yeah. And so I have a tapestry up in there, a tapestry that a church actually gave me in 2011 when I was going through chemo yeah. and so it's a big tapestry it's a picture of a church and they prayed on it different scriptures so I actually have that up uh, in my prayer closet and then I have little post-it notes where I have different names that I write down of people that are going through uh, different things like I will put your name down mm-hmm. and say you know Lord just want her to be able to you know bless her knee Thank and you. so so when I hear different things I'll write the names down and then I go in there every morning. I mean, hopefully I can go in there more times than just in the morning. But religiously, every morning I am in there. I have my music in there and I start my day off with a song called uh, 
before the day. I don't know if you know that song. No. And it basically just, you know, basically says, Lord, before the day gets, in the, in the essence of it is before the day gets going, uh, I just, you know, want to tell you how much I love you. I just want to spend time with you. So before the day, I'll try to look it up later so I can tell you who sings it. But it's one of my favorites. So that's how I start my day. Yeah. And then I'll go to Donnie McClurkin. Okay. And so, you know, I pump it up a little yeah. bit more because before the day is real meditative, like, and then I'll pray and have my time about 10, 15 minutes. And then I'll put on Donnie McClurkin yeah. and we'll start pumping whatever it is that I, you know, whatever song I just feel like I, I want to hear that day. And then that's, that's how I start my day. Oh, wow. And there are sometimes rare times though, when I can't start my day that way, cause I just jump up in a, in a yeah. frenzy or especially like when my kids were still at home and I always feel different. My, yeah. it just doesn't go the way it needs to go when I don't start my day like that. I have to give him his time so he can just order my mind and my heart and my steps for that day. I mean, that everyone needs to hear that because you are three kids y'all have raised, right? And actually four. four. Yes, four. If you're in Ricky, so four. Oh, yeah, of mm-hmm. course, Ricky. Four. Oh, I love <laughs> the story of Ricky and Anthony and the way they took care of each yes. other. I cannot wait for people to read that. That is Oh, unbelievable. it's so precious. Thank you for reading my book. Oh, of course. Are you kidding? I felt, I oh mean, I, I was flipping through and I was like, we're not going to have time to talk about everything. There's too many good stuff in here. So people just got to read the whole thing. But I mean, raising kids, AT&T executive, CEO of the Mavs. Yes. I mean, wife, friend, leader at church, like there, the world would say to you, you do not have time in the morning. Oh, yes, I do. But you have to. I, the reason I am strong enough and have the stamina and the mental uh, capability to do everything else is because of how I start my day. Wow! I really believe that that is where my energy comes from. That's where my sense of direction comes from. Sometimes I'm in there and I'll just, I mean, what I try to do also is when I'm doing my Dottie McClurkin and I'm yeah. jamming, okay? <laughs> and, and it could be some anybody I'm jamming to. Uh, and so I will pull up my schedule for the day. Wow. And usually, I mean, I do it the night before, but then I'll just look at it again to make sure, you know, nothing has changed. And sometimes I'm honestly, I mean, it sounds weird. So no, you, your it. listeners might think I'm kind of weird, but sometimes the Lord might speak to me, Yes, cancel that one or do something this or, or call somebody else literally while I'm looking at my calendar. And so my, my team, sometimes they will laugh at me. I'll just call them and I'll say, okay, let's see if we can reschedule this or something's not right. I got to research this. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, Laura wants me to do this today. And they're like, okay, okay. Because I mean for him to order my steps. I, I have tried to do it all on my own for so long and mess things up. So I'm, a, I'm about giving it to him now. Yeah. I, if I know he's speaking to me, I have to respond to that. But that's how I get to do everything I get to do because I get, that's my source of strength and energy. That's, that's just where it comes from. Yeah. Truly is where it comes from. Uh, you know, we used to sing a song when I was growing up in church that says, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Yes. And it's the truth. The joy and strength that I have, it comes from the Lord. It really does. That's, that's just who he is. He's a source of strength. On your chemo days, you know, you talk in the book about when you get chemo brain and you're forgetting your your daughter's coming in and yelling her name at you and, and reminding and everybody who comes in, she yells, here's Aunt Yvonne. She's here. Isn't that cute? I loved it. So on those mornings, did you have a little bit different rhythm? I'm thinking about our friends going through some sort of medical yes. treatment now who are going, I wish I could get out yes. of bed, but I'm not getting out of bed right now. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. So, so I, I just couldn't. 
And that's why it's good to have those deposits already. Yes. And to have had that life because every now and then you got to withdraw on those deposits because you can't make any more deposits. Yeah. You just can't. And when I was going through chemo, I was in the withdrawal stage. It's mm-hmm. like I got I got to take from the bank. OK, yeah. hope, hope I got enough in there. And if I don't, I got to have people around me that have deposited something that they can pull from the Lord because I couldn't. Yes. There were days where I was just literally laying on the floor in a fetal position, trying to deal with my neuropathy, trying to deal with just everything going on. I didn't feel like myself mm-hmm. in, in my 14 day chemo cycle. I describe it as I had nine bad days and, you know, just nonsense like days. Cause I used to, I didn't want to call them bad days, but in essence they were just awful. I mean, chemo yeah. was brutal for me. And then I'd have five more like scent days where I could do something. And in those nine days, I, I couldn't be in there in the prayer closet and trying to do all that. I, I barely had the strength to like walk up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just try to withdraw. Yeah. Withdraw yeah. from that bank. But when we're healthy, okay. get in there. It's okay. Right. Because it's okay. Because you never know when something is going to hit you. That hit me out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it was my 51st birthday. I got a call from the gastroenterologist telling me what he saw in the colonoscopy results the day before and to get to a surgeon. And I knew it wasn't good. Yeah. And so that was out of nowhere. I'm supposed to be celebrating my birthday. I'm in the office uh, and I always work on my birthday because I want to be around for the surprise parties. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I got to be around for the celebrations. (laughs) I walk walk in like, okay, I hope they're all stirring in the back. Mm -hmm, They're getting ready for my surprise party, right? I'm going to need a breakfast, a lunch and a snack surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so I'm at work. I mean, I'm at work and I'm, I'm in the, the conference room with these people who are doing this routine audit on us and my goodness, I never expected that when he called me, he was going to be that serious yeah. about getting to a surgeon. Yes. And I and so he just put it all in perspective that fast. Yeah. Like, okay. Is that right when you started writing the journals? Did you immediately start sending out the emails to people? Uh, so right after I was, you know, I had the surgery and, you know, the tumor was cancerous and all that. And then when the doctor called me New Year's Eve yeah. and told me, you know, the, the results, um, it was a few days later, January the 2nd, I think it was, when I sent out a message to my team members because I just felt like at some point I, I ran a big state for AT&T. So at some point it's going right. to get public, right? Especially because I had a big event to do and I didn't show up to it because, of sure. course, I was at the doctor's yeah. office. Yeah. And so I sent out an email to them and I told them that, yes, I'm uniquely uh, equipped for this, um, but uh, I had to let them know exactly kind of what was going on. And so so that was kind of my first public writing about it. And then once I started chemo, you know, so many different people were calling and just, you know, just beautiful how people just show up for you. And so my assistant, executive assistant had an idea. She says, we probably need to do a Caring Bridge post. And I I'd never heard, of course, yeah. the Caring Bridge. Cancer wasn't really a part of my life that, that, that I knew of. My father died the year before from colon cancer, but I never put things together. And so she said, so many people are calling, so maybe this would be a good way to just direct people where they can go and get a status. And at first I thought, I'm not doing that. Okay, so yeah. y'all just tell people what's going on. I'm not going to have time. to. And I love to write, okay, but I'm not going to have time to write. Yeah. Well, then it turned out to be a good thing because so many people were calling. It was a good problem to have. So many people were calling, want to know what I need, how could they pray, all of that. 
And so after my first, so we decided we would do it. And so uh, after my first round of chemo, I couldn't even, I couldn't do it. I was so out of it. But someone on my uh, team, Rob Smith, I love Rob Smith. uh, He did the posting. So he wrote it. And he wrote that obviously, you know, first round, bad side effects. But he, he did the first one. And then after that, I was able to do it. And uh, Clifton Metcalf on my team and some others, uh, they would show up and proofread it or try to just help me through it. And sometimes I had to change the timing. Sometimes I would do it right before the chemo or right after. But it was always that first round to give people an update of what was going on. But I was brutally honest. I was so honest about what was happening with me and what all was going on. And it just turned out to be when it was all said and done, just a chronicle of my 12 rounds of chemo to the point where people would start to call and say, can you send your chemo journal to so-and-so or can you send it to me? You know, somebody in my life, you know, was touched with cancer and blah, 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 blah. And so it turned out to be something that the Lord really used to uh, inspire people and to help them uh, on the journey. I love how you title the chapters based on the rounds of chemo. I thought that was like such a such an interesting way to shape it. Um, there's a story you tell in there that is one of my favorites about when you prayed for President Obama before he was president. <laughs> Can you tell that story? Because that is that is so funny. Oh my goodness. So so yes, I get this call, I'm in this meeting and they ask me if I can leave the meeting. It's like an hour and a half away because President Obama which he was not the president at the time, okay, so he's running for president, uh, was going to be in Charlotte and big event. And because I was the president of AT&T in North Carolina, maybe even Virginia too at the time, but definitely North Carolina. And so they wanted me there, okay? And I was involved in the chamber and all this. So they wanted a lot of kind of bigwig dignitaries there, right? I mean, I, I don't consider myself a bigwig, but I was a business leader. And so... I get there, and so you, you read the story. So I go through all this. I, I want to stand in line with everybody else. They won't let me. The Secret Service. They won't let they you. Won't let me. Yeah. So I, I said, no, I'm standing in line with everybody else. And it was a long line of people. It was oh, hot. I said, I'm just standing in line with everybody else. When that car door opened, yeah. literally the Secret Service, they came and they swooped me up. Because what they were trying to do wow. was get all of us seated before they opened the doors. Because sure. they've got to do the whole scan. And So I understand it. I understand why they did that. So I get in there, and I'm like, okay, I cannot believe I am sitting on this front row and I'm going to see Barack Obama. So, of course, I do what I always did, do. Like I, when I call my mom, I call my mom. I said, hey, I said, do you think it's okay? I said, what should I do? Do you think it's okay if I pray with him? She goes, yeah, that's good. Just pray with him. I said, okay, I'm going to pray for him. Yeah. So he comes around and I am so nervous. And my chief of staff is standing next to me and she's nervous. And we're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to like shake his hand. So when he came, I can't believe he did this. So obviously his, his, his people prep him, right? And he says, well, hello, Madam President. Madam President, I loved it. Of course, I'm the president of AT&T North Carolina, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I just kind of smiled. And I said, can I pray for you? He said, of course, I would love that. So he closes his eyes. And so I went to one of my go-to scriptures, okay? I grabbed his hands. And I go to my scripture that says, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. But I, I guess the right. Secret Service people heard weapon. Okay? Yeah. All of a sudden, all this stuff is going on. They're reaching for stuff. I look up. I'm like, he's laughing. And I said, huh? I said, I guess it's the wrong scripture. I said, I guess it's the wrong scripture. I'd have to pick something else. I 
felt so bad. So, so I learned my lesson. When you are praying for people like that, you better come up with the scripture in advance because that is truly my joke. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, that was my prayer for him because, you know, yeah. so much, you know, so many death threats and, you know, he was just in such a vulnerable position. Yes. And that was my prayer for him. And I wanted him to yes. know that the weapons would, would form, but they wouldn't prosper. But I guess I guess I wasn't supposed to tell him that right then. That day. So <laughs> the funny part is, when that was all said and done, he was looking for me to come in the back to yeah. actually really pray for, to to finish praying for him. But I had already left because I had another commitment, and I I was already committed to go and talk to these women. I didn't want to yeah. leave them, and I probably was embarrassed too, and just wanted to get out of there. And they said he's like, "Where is she? Where is Madam President? I need her to pray wow. for me. I felt something. I need her to pray for me." I said, "Well, tell him I'll catch him wow. next time." Which, of course, as you know, in the book. The next time I actually did see him, he was praying for me because I had cancer. Yes. Yes. I I mean, when you said no weapon and they all those secret service guys, I got so tickled. I was laughing so hard at that part. It was yeah, it was oh. scary, but it was scary, but also embarrassing too. And he and he Man, laughed. isn't that he great laughed. though? Like Oh, he laughed. I said, I guess oh, that's the wrong. And people need to know that that people with prayer closets are gonna have moments like that too. That's right. That's right? right? Like both of those are true. I just kind of winked at him. I said, I guess that was the wrong scripture. I guess I didn't like really ask the Lord what I was supposed to say in that moment. <laughs> I should have picked the wrong scripture. <laughs> I picked the wrong one. Yeah. Um, so where does the story go now? Sent? What's next? What else are you chosen for? Oh, man. I, I, just, I just don't know, Annie. I am praying and asking the Lord because, you know, I've been at the Mavericks four and a half years now. Uh, it, um, it was a three year commitment. And so every year the Lord just keeps having more and more that, you know, for us to do. And we're doing some just great things and great things in the community. Before I took this job, I was thinking about people were asking me to be a college president or lead some nonprofits. And I just, the way I describe it to people, I said, I don't know exactly what's next, but I know once I get into it, when I get up every morning, I will be able to name some children. I will be able to name mm. somebody that I actually, that, that, that their life is better because the Lord blessed me to touch it. And so it will have a direct, whatever I do next will have a direct impact on the permanence and stability of children. And I don't know what it is. I don't know how that will show up. College, nonprofit, adoption. So I had no idea how that's going to show up, but I, I, I believe that's the direction uh, that I'll go in. I will be 100% committed to uh, making lives better for children. Well, I'm not a child, but you can write me down today as the person that your life affected greatly in the last 24 hours because I Thank just you. loved the book and loved, um, I mean, I the adoption part of it, the the way y'all chose oh. family. I mean, the the whole thing is... My babies. Yes. It, it's so fun that they're on the internet. You can go see. I'm like, there's Shirley. Happy birthday, Shirley. I mean, I just absolutely I loved it. The Lord gave me those babies. Kenneth Anthony, watch him on December 29th. That's Shirley's yep. birthday. And he always does a post that says, oh, I just, I remember the day when I picked this little gym yes. off the television, which he literally did. He yes. was watching the news with my husband. And and he identified this girl and said that was his little sister because she needed a big brother because she needed to be adopted. And he was going to adopt her yes. the way he had been adopted. Yes. And then we moved to North Carolina 10 years later. Same thing happened again. So when we moved him to college, I said, give me the remote control. <laughs> yeah. Right. I got the Wednesday. I got the Wednesday kid. I got the Friday's kid. It's five more days. Right. Okay. So, but the, but the Lord, the Lord had a way 
to make our family. Yeah. So through all that pain, yeah. through the four second trimester miscarriages, the daughter who died at six months old, through all that, yeah. he had a way to make our family yeah. because it, it goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning. He always has a plan through the pain of it all. And I'm telling you, I get so much joy from these kids. I've gotten so much joy over the past 28 years uh, with all these honeys and how they showed up. Yeah. Um, I never would have thought that was possible mm -hmm. when I was burying my daughter. Yes. But the Lord had a way to make our family. And he used her little young life to impact doctors. And I mean, her doctors talk about how, you know, they believe she was truly here for a reason, to expose them to some procedures and things they didn't know about. So the Lord has a purpose and a plan for everything. Yes. Every single thing in our lives. He has a purpose and he has a plan. And that's always my prayer for people. Yeah is that they will yield and let the Lord work his plan. Mm -hmm. We think we have a plan, and yes, we do have to take action and take steps on our own, but he has the master plan. Yes. He's got the blueprint. Yeah. He has the blueprint, yeah. and we just need to let him lay it out and order our steps. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, you. I mean, you honored your daughter special case so beautifully in the book. I found myself this, even this morning thinking about, I thought, I hope, I hope she and my nephew TJ have run into each other by now. Right? Cause TJ has yeah. been in oh, heaven you know, a couple of weeks. They're it. Yeah. They're already friends. They're, they're tearing yeah. it up. They're tearing it up. They're, all, they're already friends. They're, they're tearing it up. Okay. That's they're right. tearing it up. Um, and I'll be praying for, is it your sister? My sister who, and her husband. Lost? Yeah. I'll be praying for her because the, the, it's the Lord has a yeah. plan and as painful as it is, as, traumatic as it is. I mean, that's the most traumatic thing I've ever gone through in my life yeah. is bearing my daughter. And look where we are right now. Yeah. It, it was, it was for a reason. That's he right. used her life right. for a reason. He still is. And he still my is. kids always say, my kids always say my, uh, my son says, cause they celebrate her birthday yeah. on February 2nd and all that. He goes, well, if it wasn't for special K, we wouldn't be yes. here. So that's our sister. I mean, so the Lord has a plan. Um, okay, I want to honor your time, but the last question we always ask is because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun. Oh, what I do for fun, I like to go to the Bahamas and hang okay. out on the beach. <laughs> okay. okay, I love to go. I love shoe shopping. That's my nighttime uh, guilty pleasure between <laughs> like midnight and two. I used to stalk my kids when they were in college. Now I just stalk yeah. the shoe shopping stuff. I mean, I like my shoes, so I like to do that for fun. Uh, I do like to write, yeah. uh, and I, I love music. So I love, love, love to dance. You can catch me dancing somewhere, anywhere. I mean, in my house, wherever. I do like to have fun. I like to have a good time. And I love hanging out with my girlfriends yes. and my family. Well, listen, next time I'm in Dallas, I'm coming to a Mavs game because I've got to see you in action out there. And you know, I get to have fun 41, <laughs> at, at least 41 times. Okay, so you have to come to Dallas. You have to come to a Mavs game. It'll be one of the best fun experiences of your life. You have to come and hang I'll out with it. me. I'll do it. I'll do it this you season. sit right there with me. Oh, we'll have so do much fun. Do it this fun. season. You come and sit right there with oh, me. Oh, you're kind. I kind of sit up close. Listen, okay? I, yeah, I can get a nosebleed. I can be there. You don't have to put me up there, but I just want to see it in action. I'll sit up close. You sit with me. We're going to have fun. You will have a ball. So, so that's, that's, I do that for fun a lot. Wow. Uh, well, You've Been Chosen is an incredible book. I cannot wait for people to get to read it. Thank you for making time for this today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, sister. Oh, grateful. Thank I'm you. grateful. Oh, you guys, isn't she amazing? I'm telling you, is she like the queen of That Sounds Funland now? Can we just make her, will she be the CEO of my life? Oh, I just, 
I'm such a fan and I am dying to go to a Dallas Mavericks game. Listen, be sure you grab your copy of You've Been Chosen. I I was blown away by this book, you guys. That's one of the reasons she was on is I read it and said, y'all, we've got to see if there is a world where St. Marshall will talk to me. And she did. And I loved it. Follow her on social media, you guys. Tell her thanks for being on the show. And if you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the sidelines of a Dallas Mavericks game, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is surprising you tomorrow with another episode. Y'all have a great day. We will see you back here with a fun Friday drop-in from one of my favorite musicians and worship leaders, Taya. Y'all know her. You love her. I'm so happy we get to be friends with her. I know you'll just love this conversation. So, We'll see y'all tomorrow.